0: The Daily Rios, for Monday, May 20th, 2013. Marvel Now report card, the final part. 30 titles, 153 issues, one publishing event. Whew. Marvel Now started on October 10th, 2012, with Red She-Hulk 58 and Uncanny Avengers number one. The six month anniversary was on April 10th, 2013, including this episode, that's seven Marvel Now report card episodes, taking a look at those first six months to determine which titles would make the grade, and which titles would be sent to summer school. (laughs) So much Marvel. So, to round out this final review episode for Marvel Now, this episode I drop my thoughts on Avengers one through nine new Avengers one through four secret Avengers one through three and Deadpool one through seven that's right Deadpool seven issues I had to read and because I like Tony Moore even if this isn't quite the Tony Moore that I want to look at I'm giving Deadpool a D- uh, the Tony art Tony Moore artwork Uh, Saves it from an F. But that's really all I have to say about that, because, um, yeah, just not a fan of that book. So, that brings us to Avengers, New Avengers, and Secret Avengers. Now, looking back over the entire Avengers line of books within Marvel now, including things like Avengers Arena, Avengers Assemble, etc., Young Avengers... Compared to the X line of books in Marvel now, the Avengers have come out ahead grade-wise. And these three titles uh, certainly help with that. Because I'm giving Avengers an A+. I'm giving New Avengers an A-. And I'm giving Secret Avengers a B plus. So we start with... Avengers and New Avengers, both of these written by Jonathan Hickman. For Avengers, the artwork is by Jerome Pena, Adam Kubert, and Dustin Weaver. Uh, color artist Dean White, Justin Ponsner, and others. Uh, with New Avengers, we have Steve Epting, and surprisingly Frank Diarmata, who I'm not minding so much in this um, in this book on color art. Uh, so Avengers. Now, both of these titles, Avengers and New Avengers, uh, they don't necessarily play off of each other in the way All-New X-Men and Uncanny do, or even the way Fantastic Four and FF do, but there's still ripple effects going on. And reading both widens the overall experience of what is going down, and there is a lot going down. So, Avengers. Let's start there. This should have been Marvel's flagship title. Not Uncanny Avengers. I I guess you can sort of say because Uncanny Avengers was the first major Marvel Now launch and out of Uncanny Avengers you could pull out two secondary titles, uh, Avengers and then over on the X-Men side, all new X-Men. Because those those are the two standouts when it comes to those particular corners of the Marvel Universe. But there's something about all-new X-Men and there's something about Avengers that really just speaks to the Marvel Universe in ways that Uncanny Avengers just hasn't, has really stumbled to try to get. Uh, Some of these later issues on Uncanny Avengers are a lot better than the earlier issues. But anyway, let's go back to Avengers. So it really should have been the Marvel's flagship title for me. Uh, The premise here is that Captain America and Iron Man decide that after the events leading up to Marvel now, the Avengers need to get bigger. And where Steve will always see it in an idealistic sense, uh, Iron Man sees it in a very real engineering sense as a machine, or what they come to call an Avengers world. So they recruit Foundation members, which are very obvious, Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Hawkeye, Hulk, Black Widow, um, whoever else I'm missing. And then they also recruit past members who understand the traditions and the purpose of of the team. And these include Spider-Woman, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Wolverine, etc. And then new members, such as Cannonball and Sunspot, uh, a new Smasher, a human version of the Smasher that's usually in the Imperial Guard, Captain Universe, uh, Manifold from Secret Warriors, Shang Chi, and a few others. The main baddie that they eventually have to come up against has hold up on the planet Mars, and it's a brother-sister godlike team, and they want to recreate the Earth as they've done to many other worlds. And because of it, we get lots of world-building, lots of origin story on a universal level. Uh, In the process, all the mythos that's involved with the new universe gets tied in, and we start to see the shape of a larger story with the approaching threat of something or someone. And all of this is Hickman's strength. All of this. He's using the entire Marvel Universe. He's using all the things that he loves to bring to comics. He has a new Hyperion. Uh, He's messing around with the new universe and Starbrand and Nightmask. The Shi'ar. Uh, The Smasher takes its origin, takes her origin from the Morrison new X-Men run. Um, There are some new concepts that I like. This is big stuff. This is large concept fabric stuff. Marvel Universe stuff. But while he's doing all that, he doesn't lose sight of the smaller interpersonal stories. So you have this great first story arc that's only three issues that sets up the big bad and sets up all the stuff that he wants to talk about. Um, But then we get these three smaller stories focusing on um, one side of, of, of this new Avengers machine, Hyperion, Captain Universe, and Smasher. And we learn their origins, and they're played out nicely enough that they add to the larger framework, yet they're still very personal. And they give us more to think about, not only about these characters, but about the larger story that's playing out, and, and the larger story that Hickman wants to tell. Some of that can be daunting. Some of that, when I say concept-driven comics, I know that some people don't like that. But I do. And um, I think... I think it's great because it's Hickman not losing his voice, even though he's within the mainstream Marvel universe. So many writers who come into Marvel, they tend to lose the thing that makes them unique, and this is this has Hickman all over it. Um, he hasn't quite given us a scene yet where having these characters plays out to its fullest potential, you know. Uh, but I have to imagine that's coming. I have to imagine there will be some. Scene, or a couple scenes, or a fight scene, or whatever, where it makes sense why he brought Shang Chi in, and it makes sense why he brought Cannonball in, and all these other characters. You know, they're starting to get their moments here and there, and there's some neat things playing out. But I want to see, I want to see that machine work. So again, uh, great stuff. The art, again, may not be to everyone's liking. I dig it. Adam Kubert, Dustin Weaver are playing off of what Jerome Pena is bringing to it, so they're keeping it along. The color artists are keeping that flavor along, which is good. This is high-concept comics on the level of authority and Morrison's JLA and Morrison's New X-Men, and especially Crisis on Infinite Earths. This is Hickman doing Crisis, Marvel-style. I'm not the first to say that. I'm not the first to notice that. But it's there. It's there on so many levels and I love it. And if that's the case, if Avengers is his Marvel Crisis on Infinite Earths, you could make the claim that New Avengers is his identity crisis. New Avengers is dark, where Avengers there is some hope and some sense of grandeur. In New Avengers the scent is dread and almost defeat. It's very negative. It's the omega to the alpha. And when I wrote that, I realized that the very symbol that they're using for New Avengers is the Omega symbol. Uh, so that that idea is obviously playing out. There's some weight there that that make, made me think about it on a maybe on a subconscious level, and 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 it brings it home. So this book is about. Um, It's a smaller cast. Black Panther has discovered a threat on a multiversal level. So he calls in the very group that he said he would never work with because he believes that they would bring about the destruction of their kind. Um, And that's the Illuminati. Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Namor, Reed Richards, Black Bolt, Captain America, although I'm not quite sure when he became aware of the Illuminati. I don't remember where that played out. Eventually, there's also a replacement for Professor X since he's dead, uh, post-AVX. So we learn of the threat. Again, it's a very crisis-like destruction of worlds. We throw in some big baddies. We throw in Infinity Gems, some alternate Marvel universes, and this is the stuff that the crisis kid in me is made of. I like it. It's methodical. It's a little cerebral. It feels like you know, what Star Trek Next Generation must feel like at times, where there's talk, but big concepts, but also some action. It works. Um, I like the art more than I felt I would, given uh, Steve Epting and uh, Frank DiArmada on coloring. Steve Epting, the artist, that I sometimes feel is a little calm, a little too still for me, but it works for this book. Namor is a complete psycho. um, And Black uh, Black Panther is... uh, you know, this is, this is, there's a rivalry there because of events that have gone down where I guess Namor attacked Wakanda and demolished a lot of it, so there's some, some rivalry there. Doctor Strange is real cold. There are a lot of big ideas brought into play, and some of that is spilling off into the Avengers in a very meaningful way. So these two books are a nice companion pair, and they have very different feel. To it, uh, you know, each of them. But I, I dig it. I really do. I'm really digging this. And then you throw in Secret Avengers. I'm giving. I gave it a B plus. It's Nick Spencer. It's Luke Ross. Um, Shield wants to bring in some of the Avengers, and they bring in Hawkeye and Black Widow on missions that they don't always want them to know about. So they come up with a way that, uh, should they need to, they can zap their memories so they don't know what was going on, and that way they don't have to lie to the other Avengers about what they were doing. Um, Phil Coulson is in this. Nick Fury is in this. Daisy Johnson is in this, which I'm glad to see because sometimes Maria Hill can get a bit too overplayed. Lots of AIM stuff in these first three issues. It's a wordy book. Uh, There's decent enough artwork. Uh, It has some loose ties to the larger Avengers stories. Not much, just loose. Very loose. It's more of an espionage book. Um, This is the closest thing to to a Gotham-central book in the Marvel Universe. Um, I think I can I can say that. Uh, Mockingbird shows up. It's good. It's not great. It's good. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to read it just to see what they're playing with. They're, they're able to play within the larger Marvel Universe without it being high concept like the other two books. So there you go. Avengers A+, New Avengers uh, what did I give that? An A- and uh, Secret Avengers B+. plus. The only reason I gave New Avengers an A- is because Probably because of the artwork a little bit. It's just, you know, it's just a little, little stiff for me, but it's still a good book. So there you go. All of the Marvel Universe is done. The Marvel Now concept is done. If this is the first Marvel Now Report Card episode you've heard, I will actually give a rundown of all the titles. So starting with the A-pluses, and these are in order. Starting with the A-pluses, Avengers all-new X-Men, Thor, Indestructible Hulk, and Uncanny X-Men. The A-minuses, New Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Captain America. Nova gets a B-plus slash A-minus. The B-pluses are uh, FF, the book that Mike all read is on, Thanos Rising, and Secret Avengers. The flat Bs are Wolverine and Fantastic Four. Avengers Arena gets a B-minus. Red She-Hulk and X-Men Legacy both get a C-plus slash b minus, mostly because they started off slow and then eventually, you know, they, they picked up and I, I, I enjoyed them for what they were. Uh, the Flat Cs are Uncanny Avengers, Superior Spider-Man, and Young Avengers. The C-minuses are Journey into Mystery and Avengers Assemble. The D-plus slash C-minuses are Thunderbolts, Savage Wolverine, and Morbius. These are books that I really don't care to read anymore, but there was something about them that I couldn't just give them a D or whatever. Maybe some of it is the art, maybe some of it is the concept. Um, The flat Ds are Uncanny X-Force, Fearless Defenders, and Iron Man. Deadpool gets a D-minus, and Cable and X-Force pulls up the rear with an F. (sighs) There you go. Marvel Now Report card. All wrapped up. Go show it to your mom and uh, maybe she'll give you some money. <clears throat> All right, let me know what you think, peter at the or leave a comment on the website. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing along, and I will talk to you tomorrow.